yourself and one for your dreams. You drift through the and life. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Far Out Podcast. Todd Perry here. Buck Perez always to the right of me. How are we doing? And once again... John Salwin is on the show. You know John Salwin from Low Budget FM, from the Far Out Podcast. From uh, He actually has his own booth now at uh, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles off of Gower. Wow. Yeah, I too. That's like, awesome. Much like Rodney Bigenheimer, there's the Chicken and Waffles oh. booth with John Salwin's uh, face on it. Awesome. Well, you know, it's... I don't know if... Um, <laughs> see, you mentioned that. I didn't know if that had happened yet or not, actually. I knew that was coming up. Well, the ceremony hasn't happened yet, no, where, no. where Roscoe presents you with the yeah, that's, table. That's why I'm hesitant to talk too much about it, because I'd hate for it to, you know, them to hear this and just be like, ah, we can't do it now, or whatever, because, mm. goddamn, I want that booth. Wouldn't that be the greatest? That, I mean, that is the that's greatest great. honor in Los Angeles, to have your own booth at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Being honored by Roscoe, um, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, yeah, it's, I can think of few things that you'd want more than that. It, it's better than a Pink's hot dog. You know, definitely. Oh, named it's, after John, yeah. A l- little more street cred to the uh, Roscoe. Definitely. Roscoe I mean, getting booth. a Pink's hot dog named after you is cool. That's cool. That's definitely good. But the yeah. Roscoe booth. Yes. Now, now John. On. Now, John. If they had a um, a Pink's a famous Pink's hot dogs in Hollywood, yes. or, or in, which no, they it's do. Not, it's not in Hollywood. It's in it's in L.A. It's a, it's Whitman Melrose. used to always send me there. To it's basically Hollywood. It's right. It's just north of Melrose, so quasi Hollywood. If they had the Salwin dog, yeah. what, what would you have on the Salwin dog? Ooh. Well, the Salwin dog probably wouldn't have a bun. First of all, oh yeah, because um, you're, 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 you're going paleo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely against the grains. So, so much. have some prehistoric animal in the dog <laughs> would be like. Well, it would probably be a dog. Bacon wrapped sounds good. Um, Ooh. Maybe on like a bed of like I don't know what do they have there? Do they have like mashed up tomatoes or something like that? It's your oyster, John. Whatever you want. Mm, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, throw it on like some tomatoes and stuff like that. You can't really smother a dog in butter. I'm trying to think what kind of good sauce. <laughs> the Maybe you dog. could. Oh, dude. That Well, why not give it a shot? Why not, like, you know, smother that dog in butter and bacon and throw it on top of, like, you know, I don't know, whatever vegetables they have, like tomatoes, lettuce, cucumbers. Ooh. There you go. Good. Buck Perez. And the, mustard. The Pink's hot dog, if they had the Buck dog or the Perez dog. Okay. Or, or, I'm going kind of like a fusion. So a bean and cheese burrito. All right. With, but that's not a hot dog. With the hot dog. Oh, yeah, cheese. I'd put cheese on it, too. On the top of it. Like, you know the Ramona's from a 7-Eleven? I'm yeah. talking about those burritos. Not too big or anything like that. <laughs> you know, like slice that down the middle and then put the dog right in the middle. Inside of Inside a bean and cheese burrito. The burrito. Yes. That's a good idea. Yes. That's the ultimate stoner food ever well, created. What do you yeah. want? I work on, you know what truck I work on. So anyway. The stoner truck. Then you put oh. the, uh, <laughs> then you put the, the chili cheese truck, from 7-Eleven. You know, the orange cheese right there yeah. on top of that. Okay? Right. Yeah. I, I went to, I went with, with a little pico de gallo. Pico de gallo. On the no, side the, or on, on the dog? On the dog. Just a little. I, it's like the doyer dog. But I... Um, no, it's better. Okay. It's better. I, um, I, I was once in the 7-Eleven on, on like 7th and Cherry, like kind of in the hood in Long Beach, and I saw a dude buy a bag of Fritos... And then he walked over to the uh, chili and cheese section where you get the free condiments, sure, sure. and he loaded up the ch- the Fritos with chili <laughs> and with cheese and with onions, and he shook the bag up, and he went and bought it. And I was like, that's what? prison shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> that's a spread. That's not, you know. The other prison thing I've heard of, too, is the Frito burrito, where, I don't know, the outside of the shell is made of Fritos, but what's inside, I don't fucking know, you know? And yeah, that's a total prison food, too, is the Frito burrito. 
I was trying to my my I, I once created a, a hot dog and I don't and, and this may sound racist, but we we used to make um called I would take a Hebrew national hot dog and my my old place in Long Beach, I get drunk and I take a tortilla and then put like cheese, like I'm making quesadilla, and I throw a Hebrew national in it and I called it the Hebadilla. <laughs> there you go. And so I think maybe that if uh if Pink's hot dogs had the uh Todd Perry dog, it would be the Perry puppy. Mm-hmm. And it would be a hebadia, or I go with the traditional. What I normally get on a hot dog, I get the the, the Hebrew National. It's my favorite hot dog. Mm-hmm. Answers to a higher power. That's right. right. I, I put the traditional hot dog, uh, and, I, and and I enjoy relish, not sweet relish, regular relish, mustard, and onion. And that's that's how I roll. Traditional mm-hmm. American hot dog because I'm an all American kind of guy. You know what you gotta do with mine though? I'm sorry. Before the uh, pico de gallo and the cheese go on, you flash fry it. With the uh, hot dog and the burrito together, oh. make it kind of a chimichanga. Mm. Oh. So kind of a chimichanga around it, yeah. Extra stony, dude. Yeah. This is good. This is a good thing. So I've uh, heard. I've heard that Hebrew nationals are no longer kosher. Oh my god! <laughs> what? You just I've, ruined I've my that. world. Exactly. I've heard that, and I'm That's like, a conspiracy, I'm like, ah, I don't John. Buy that. C-O-N-spiracy, John. I mean, it's pretty easy to check. Just go in and see if it has a little K or like the P. This is also kosher, right? Uh, little I don't circle know. K, little, Little Circle K, K is, but the cocoa. I mean, not the, the store, but like a little K on there is kosher, and P is like parv, which is also kosher or something. Like that. Mm. I think if it has the K or the P on it, it's kosher. But it's I've funny. heard that, so it, double check. Kosher. I want the job of the rabbi that sits at the Hebrew National plant, and literally, as every hot dog rolls down the aisle, he's like, "Wham, bless, 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 bless." They might have gotten bless. rid of him. There's some, or they fired that they guy. They might have fired him. Maybe and that's why they're not kosher, kosher anymore. I think he's been replaced by a machine. And you go up to there's the president. A, there's a rabbi machine. <laughs> a rabbi machine. You just go up to the president of Hebrew National, like, "So, are you hot dogs kosher?" He's like, "Nah, it's just a name, man." You know, it's like, please. They have the rabbi bot. The ra- exactly. I'm thinking <laughs> Futurama on this. Yeah. It's it's a robot with like a, a large beard and payas. Well, it just sits there with the arm. It's like well, the the other thing I've heard was that uh, real che- like when you heard like real cheese, you know, in commercials that made with real cheese, that that was actually a brand of fake cheese called real. <laughs> so Are because it was real brand cheese, you could say real cheese, but it was actually fake cheese. The brand was called real. Yeah, the brand was called real. Wow, that's mar- that's genius. And that's like, marketing so genius. That, yeah, so it was a way to it was it was their way to call fake cheese real cheese because the brand name was real. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories and we have a, a great list of conspiracies that aren't the typical conspiracies. They're not the, you know, JFK, uh aliens, uh, you know, Roswell stuff. All that shit's been played out. Denver Airport. Well, Denver Airport's still hot, but all yeah. that other stuff you're talking about. Denver Airport. Well, no, you never heard about the Denver Airport conspiracy? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's deep. It's real deep. Real, yeah. real, real quick, before we get... I have, I have a story to tell, and then we'll get on to that. But real quick about the Denver Airport. Yeah. When I was on my... Because on, on Low Budget FM, there, when, when I was on the show, there was an episode that actually I wasn't on, but it was a major episode. I think AJ was to on To be fair, it was AJ who brought up the Denver airport. AJ conspiracy. brought it up. We probably wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for him. And, you know, that was a big deal, and people referenced it a lot on the show. But what happened was I was in Costa Rica on my honeymoon, yeah. and I uh, there was a guy, this real interesting cat with a beard, and he was an old man. He looked like gypsy boots. That's a reference. And... He told me he once went into the bowels of the Denver airport and he was escorted by security and they said, don't look at anything. And once he turned his head, they slapped him in the back of the head. Swear to God, this guy, I think his name was Chuck. And yeah. uh, he was an old man. And uh, 
great body for an 80-year-old. But, I mean, he was an interesting... <laughs> I mean, we swam a lot together. It was Costa Rica. It was my honeymoon. And uh, hang out with this guy from Colorado. Why were you swimming with some dude? these 80-year-old dudes, Yeah, why are you apparently? on your honeymoon on with some honeymoon. dude swimming? It's very odd, Todd. So why did you, have why you was I there? Have you dreamt about this guy? Because uh, I could analyze that dream. Sun, sun's going down. You want to take a swim? Yeah. Anyway, sure, anyway. Todd. We don't need shorts. No, no. But but me and Chuck, it was this weird thing where I, I love the I love the thing the the moments in life where you got a lot of time to kill. Yeah. Like there there's times where you will have conversations when you're in a pool in Costa Rica and you're like dinners in four hours. I'm gonna sit and drink with this dude that I don't know, but he speaks English. Because when you're in a foreign country, the most important thing is not whether you actually relate or you're friends with the person, but whether they just fucking speak English. And so I'm sitting with Yeah, him. the past few weeks I've been fascinated with this idea of becoming a, like, you know, like expatriating, you know, just basically moving abroad, like, you know, just becoming a... Because I remember when I was in college, went to a Nogales and like just met this like old dude, you know, clearly like in his 60s or 70s. You went to Nogales? Yeah. Like to drink. Because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you do when you're going to college in Tucson. You Did know? you have an OBE? No, no. Um, but yeah, it's just there was just some old dude, clear, like an you know, old American dude in the bar. And I don't know if he was just there in Nogales to drink or if he actually lived there at this point. But clearly... Probably there, avoiding something. Just getting loaded, you know. <laughs> and just like we were like, you know, he was, he was like, here we are. We're all like, you know, 17, 18, 19, I don't, I don't remember. And here he is. He's the loudest dude in the bar. Right. And he's like 65, 70 or something like that. And we're all just looking over like, that dude's really cool. We're like, mm-hmm. we're all of us at the table like, when we're in our 70s or 60s, or our, we want to be like that dude. Just into fuck it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he was just like, and at the, at the end, he's like, he's like, he came over to us. He's like, guys, you guys are all right. He's like, you remind me of my grandkids. He's like, I have them over. It's like, I get them drunk. It's like, of course, their mother doesn't like it. But, you know, whatever. Screw her. And, he's yeah. just like, and we're just like, wow, that dude became even cooler now. You know, he's like, he's like you guys are doing all right. You know, because we were just getting drunk in a bar. And so I was like, I was like, that's awesome. So the um, idea of just being like an American expatriate. Yeah. Like, like Vin- Jesse Ventura, like living in a... In a, in, a, in a mud hut in yeah. Mexico, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it seems like Mexico or the Bahamas or, you know, like... Casablanca. Yeah, or like, you know, like Rambo. You're, you're in like some... You're, you're a former, like, a, I don't know, mercenary. When, when like, you add nom to the equation, shit just goes yeah. Yeah, supernova. I, yeah. I, I don't think I'm probably going to be like an ex-mercenary, but I'll probably just, you know... Because I'm <laughs> I not a mercenary right now. I see it. I guess I'd have to be a mercenary You'd before to, I can be an ex-mercenary. But you, you know, I figured, put your time in. I figured you know I go to like you know Mexico or the Bahamas so, or some of that. So, I could I could probably be like a hardcore version of me. It's all in the headband. A like, little bit into more, a little bit more into guns. <laughs> yeah, as long you as you know? got the headband, dude, just shoot it, a few things it, or whatever. Just it up. Not necessarily kill a bunch of people, but just know how to take care of myself and defend people and stuff like that. I not to go Mark Chambers, but where is the show going? I don't know. No. no. I love that, but but there's there's the conversations you have when you're in a pool and dinner isn't for four hours and you're just in there drinking with some random dude from Colorado. That the Denver airport comes up, like he's like, well, this was my point. Why the hell aren't we doing that now? Why the hell are we wasting all this time doing all this other bullshit when it's like we could just be in like the Bahamas or Costa Rica, just like you know, it's like hanging out. It's like oh, I worked two hours today. Now there's four hours till dinner. It's like I'm just gonna drink. Yeah, just gonna hang out. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how we live in Lakewood, John. By the way, it's like is 95 that, fucking degrees out today. Well, yeah. Lakewood's the hottest goddamn part of LA. I don't think it is like Lakewood. Though. Plus, if I, I was, don't think it is. If I was a local there and I'd been doing that my whole life, I wouldn't want someone coming in from some other place and doing what I do. Why you not? Know? Huh? What if they're cool? I don't think they'd like us. 
<laughs> so, I don't think they think we're cool. What you're saying, Buck, is that you don't want anyone moving in on the cheese truck. The grill. Mm. Wait, you. Oh, I'm. No. Okay. Not at all. Oh, okay. Right. That's not my island. Oh, okay. All right. That, no, it's not. That's not my. Or you're jealous of people that have it. That's island. not my Havana. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am. <laughs> that's not I am. Havana. Yeah. I am jealous of people that have island. Well, then why don't you? Why don't you? That, just, that virgin motherfucker. Just, he's got his own island. Yeah. Just, just go to Havana. Mm. You don't want to own the damn thing. That's a fucking headache. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to be. If there. you want to go expatriate, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to. Let's go to Cuba. Yeah. Well, let's I don't go know. Cuba. That's a I don't good know. place to hang out. You that's know? I don't know about expat- Cuba. I'm, I'm thinking Bahamas. All right. A little, a little freer enough. there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit freer. Um, we need we need all the Castros to die. The Far Out Podcast is brought to you by the Far Out Podcast because we've never asked you for a donation, never asked you to buy a vibrator from AdamandEve.com or buy a mangrate. Therefore, if you just happen to have any extra season tickets for the Raiders this year, email us at show at faroutpodcast.com and we'll find a use for it. So I have a quick story regarding the White House restaurant in Anaheim. Uh, Anaheim, to those people who are not from the L.A. area, Anaheim's where Disneyland is. It's a pretty big city in Orange County. Uh, some friends of ours uh, invited us for a one-year wedding anniversary to go to the White House to eat. And the White House is a fancy pants restaurant yeah. where it's like they have really good food and the, the owner gives a lot of food to charity which is awesome and every room in the white house restaurant it's an italian place but it's all based on u.s presidents you have the jimmy carter room and you have a you have the ronald reagan room the abraham lincoln room they have the kennedy room the new barack obama room and all this stuff did it's, you go to the uh, william henry harrison room uh, no no that there was no william henry harrison or sadly no polk room no, I, they, you know. so Damn. we we went there to eat and then uh there were when, when we got there uh, they put us in the Ronald Reagan room, and uh, we sat there and ate there. And then after our meal, we decided to go up to the second floor of the restaurant. Now, the restaurant wasn't crowded that day, so they didn't open up the second floor. And that's where the Obama room was. So we, you know, we wanted to check out the Barack Obama room. So my wife and I and her friends, uh, Terry and Mark, who, who are like 50, and um, we went up there to go check out the Obama room. And uh, we figured no one was eating there because, again, there was nobody on the second floor. So we walked up the stairs, you know, and it was it was quiet upstairs. And people say that the White House restaurant in Anaheim is possibly haunted. Now, did you walk or did you tiptoe? Were you guys like doing this, like looking around, watching your back, or did you? Berenstain Bears in the uh, haunted house. <laughs> yes, shit? exactly. That's what I'm picturing. No, we didn't tiptoe. We walked a... Uh, we gingerly sauntered. How about that? Now, this place yeah. is old and you say it's haunted. Well, allegedly it's haunted. I don't know whether it's haunted. That's why we wanted to check it out. Like, uh, you know, we got our Scooby-Doo on, and we, we walked up to the, and we, we enjoyed the uh, this big ballroom upstairs, and then we saw the Barack Obama room, and we figured no one was in it, because there's no activity up there, the lights were kind of low, and we opened up the door to the Barack Obama room, just to look in it, right? and what we saw was a table, and there were six people in the room. There were four guys that looked like Amber Crombie and Fitch models that had no shirt on. Okay. They had no shirt on. They were sitting at the table. They had like slacks on. This is your dream for John to analyze or what? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't a dream. This actually happened. So we just <laughs> opened, my wife and I opened the door real quick and we see four guys with no shirt on that look like models that look like, I don't know, they look like gay eye candy basically. Okay. And then two older dudes that were kind of chubby 
and just hanging out with the four kind of gay prostitute looking guys, basically. So we opened the door. My wife and I looked in real quick. No one turned around to see the door open, like reacted to it. They just kept doing what they were doing or having the conversation they were having. And we looked in. We tried to figure out what the fuck was up. And then my wife smartly shut the door and we walked away. Yeah. And so basically we walked in on some eyes wide shut shit happening. And I have no idea what was happening, but it seemed like it was gay. Now, did you go, <laughs> did you go downstairs uh, to like the uh, maitre d' or, you know, the waiter, or the host or whatever yes. and say, hey, is there like uh, some gay prostitution going on in the Obama room? Right. Well, no. Because yeah. then he might have been like, what are you talking about? And goes up there and it's completely empty. So you're Whoa. saying it was like, like, because you said it was haunted. Is it was it is it haunted by gay prostitutes? Gay gay ghosts. It was haunted by what well, was haunted by the the, the ghost. ghost of a uh, President Buchanan, who was allegedly the first gay president who lived with a man that they called the first lady. Yeah, that, wow. that he had a gay lover living in the White House with him. Buchanan. Yeah. So look, I, look, th- look that up in your oh, Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, huh. yeah. My question for you is: Was there actually some like you know? Was there some gay prostitution going on at the White House restaurant, or did you, or are there gay ghosts? Sounds gay ghosts. like a conspiracy. Well, it doesn't really. I'm just curious. <laughs> so I don't know. So we asked. But then again, the that, that is the most kinkiest deviant sex. Yeah. You know, gay sex in the Obama room. Gay yeah. ghost sex. Gay ghost sex yeah. in the Obama room. Well, the funny thing is, it was that, just that is some kinky ghost shit. It was just a couple of weeks after uh, Obama came out with the, you know the going on. Oh, I'm all right with gay marriage, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to legislate it, but I'm all right with it, you know. It was, it was when he came out with that. So we, you think we, he's going to do the same thing he did with pot, where he says, "Oh, it's cool. I won't do any raids." And then, like four years into his reign, like you know, he raided all the pot shops in California. He's like, ah, "I'm cool with gay marriage," and then he's going to sign the bill that bans it, like three right. years into his next. <laughs> Who term. knows? You know, he's going to start raiding bathhouses. Yeah. <laughs> or that, but what's going on? But it was it was real, real, really weird experience, and um, and, and so I we did we asked the waiter because the the waiter was like a a, a cousin of the people who were buying our meal, Terry yeah. and Mark, our friends, and we asked him. We go, what's going on in the Obama room right there? And he goes, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> and that was it. But I didn't know there was an I don't know. Like I'm not going to tell you I don't know, or an I don't know I don't know. Kind of like yeah. I don't know. Dot dot. You dot. didn't ask him specifically. It was haunted by like you know a gay. You know, like gay prostitutes. Yeah, no, no, I, maybe. I, I we, we we should have asked more questions. You should have been yeah. more specific on that one. Yeah, you should have been like, wait, do you mean I don't know because there's some deviant sex stuff going on up there, or you don't know because it's haunted? I don't know. See, you didn't invest. <laughs> you're not an investigative journalist, Todd. I, I'm unsure about everything. Yeah, about all that. So, John Salen has a list. Yes. Of some conspiracy theories that, again, aren't the traditional ones, but they're kind of newly cropped up ones that, that people are interested in. Or maybe not newly cropped up, but newly hitting the, the, the collective uh, you know understanding. They're uh-huh. recently hitting the news or whatever. So we got some fresh ones. So John Salwin's got a list here. Let's well, yeah. do it. Let's break it down. Let's fair, solve some mysteries. Because I, I just basically called Todd and said, Todd, we need to talk about some conspiracies. And Todd's like, I'm on it. That's that's what that's I do. It. Yeah. So it's like these. Uh, I believe these were researched by the research department. So I haven't looked at these. No, these are. I didn't fresh. know what was like. I didn't care if these were fresh or old or whatever. I just thought conspiracy <laughs> talk would be good. So all right. So if this is the direction you want to go, this is fine with me. Well, we, we, well, again, I mean, we cannot talk about conspiracies. Oh no, we cannot bring this stuff up because I mean, we are treading into area that we might enlighten oh, no, people no, no. or open people we're up to shit that they may not want to have in their brains. I left it up to you and you decided to trudge up some fresh new ones. So, so let's do it. Mysterious conspiracy theories from Listverse. The Errat Anomaly. Mm. 
Haven't heard of this. Okay. I haven't heard of any of these, actually. Yeah, they're fresh. Theories surrounding the Arad anomaly arose from a single black and white photograph taken in 1949 by a USAF recon plane performing routine intelligence gathering of the Arafat Mastiff, which was in an area of military interest at the time. The famous photo shows a, shol- sh- a shoulder of Mount Ararat, only 1,300 feet from the summit, covered in snow, with an odd-looking object of- on the very precipice of a steep slope. Now, that's like... Snow that happens from the sky, right? Not like cocaine. Can I get some snow? Scarface snow? <laughs> like no. Scarface snow or like no. Scarface snow. snow. Yeah. So far I don't see it. Okay, well here's the explanation. I've Conspiracy theorists, many of them biblical literalists, yep. claim that the odd looking object is no if Noah's Ark. if Noah's Ark, which the Bible states came to rest rest on the mountains of Ararat after the Great Flood. Now, Buck, once you said Mount Ararat, and the, the thing, Buck just started nodding his head. No, like, I, Buck, no, so Buck's into this I've one. Seen, I've seen the satellite images, yes. Oh, boy. Now, what, what do you think the satellite images look like? Do you think it, it confirms or, you know? It looks like the shape of a, you know, a vessel, a boat of mm. some kind, so protruding out of snow, so the anomaly, I don't know if it, The anomaly appears to be a very rounded a very rounded elongation teetering on the edge of a slope buried under ice and snow and it has so roused the curiosity of the US government that planes and satellites have been used to take numerous photographs of it not all of which the theory claims have been made public the best public views Mm. of it can be found on the internet for free and the anomaly does look very much like a big boat approximately a thousand feet long and 200 to 300 feet wide which roughly matches the bible's description of the ark did, did they measure it in cubits? No. <laughs> so <laughs> where's, spans. So where's the conspiracy here? Well, the conspiracy is that possibly Noah's Ark is just sitting in a goddamn mountain. Okay. The U.S. government knows about it. Right. They're curious about it. Okay. They photograph it. Mm-hmm. But why don't they dig there? Why don't they just go, well, shit, might be a boat. Let's figure it out because it would be a, it would be a boon so, to the United States if they were like, we are the country that not only killed Osama bin Laden, we found... Noah's Ark. So is this a conspiracy theory or just laziness? I think it's I think it's laziness. <laughs> so that's the problem. It's like, oh, that could be Noah's Ark. Why don't you dig there? Well, mm. you know. We got other shit to do. Yeah. yeah. But that would, you know, if they did find Noah's Ark, it would, uh, for an atheist like myself, it would really, it would, it would change, you know, my viewpoint on things. It's weird because it seems like every uh, society throughout history has had like some kind of Noah's Ark story where something gets flooded and some people are left behind and something like that. It's like the oldest story ever told. Yeah, yeah. it's like the uh, the Chinese have the Noah's junk. So it would surprise... <laughs> Noah's junk. It would surprise me, too, that it actually occurred or happened. Right. right. Well, I mean, you know, the, like uh, biblical literalists, it's like they, they're the ones that say, it's like, well, the world's only 6,000 years old. And in some ways, you know, the difference between, you know, for us, the difference between, you know, millions or billions of years and 6,000, doesn't matter. It's still a fucking long time ago. Right, right. You know, it, it, we weren't alive back then. But, you know, even if the boat's there, it's kind of like, so what? You know, I mean, in some ways, maybe it w- so there was a boat that was built 6,000 years ago. You know, if one part of the story is correct, it doesn't mean that every other part of the story is correct. And we do know that a lot of things were underwater. Like uh, the land that we're now. Yeah, we were underwater. Like, uh, not we, but this land that we're on right now was underwater at a certain point. Yeah, the the Los Coyotes, as the Spaniards claimed this area where we are right now. Wasn't it it like 100,000 years ago? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Which would debunk the 6,000-year-old Earth theory. That's true. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing about Noah's Ark is they never get into the idea where it's like, for the people who are biblical literalists, they never get into the point where it's like, 
All right, so you had two lions, right? Yeah. And I'm sure that you had to have two antelopes as well. I think at a certain point, Noah had to really be working overtime to make sure that the lions did not eat the antelopes. Well, I guess that's the other thing is uh, what's anyone going to eat on this damn ark, too? Yeah. Yeah, how do you feed all these animals? Like, I mean, the, the logistics that Noah had to deal with should really have been better outlined in the Bible. Not well, the I think, logistics. I think it was the also... shitistics. It was also yeah. like a... Yes. Also, Eddie Izzard pointed this out. It's like, okay, God's going to send like two of every animal, except for the ones that can fly, because they'll probably do okay, and all those water-dwelling ones, too, because, well, you know, there's going to be a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of problems with this whole idea of killing off everything, you know, because it's like, well, fish, they're going to be okay. Right. And birds, maybe they can just fly around for like a month and a half. Yeah. You know, not worry about. Just keep flying. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions about Noah and the Ark. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and then what about the, uh, like the, the amoebas and whatnot? And like the, the, the single cell small animals that would have died. Like he obviously he had to get his microscope out and be like, oh, wow, shit. I've got you know, like a million different types of germs and shit that I got to keep alive as well. Well, you know, I just think, uh, I don't know. Noah Again, had to. like the like the the fish thing is a bigger thing. Yeah, you know, like clearly it's like a great flood. I don't think is really wiping out so many fish. The, the conspiracy beyond the conspiracy is the Noah conspiracy. I think. Yeah, you know, if we were to ask Centauri eleven thirty eight, a friend of ours, right, to get into that. So, uh, John, you got some more conspiracy theories? In yeah, there. yeah. This uh, next one is the Nibiru collision. <laughs> Mm. The theory ties in with the 2012 Doomsday Theories. It claims that there is a planet the size of Jupiter named Nirabu or Planet X, currently as far from us as the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. The funny thing in Nirabu, I think it's a sushi joint near here. Yeah, <laughs> and that it is on a collision course with Earth in 2012. The theory goes on to claim that the U.S. government funded the construction of a very powerful telescope at the South Pole to take pictures of Nirabu and track it. I like the fact that they constructed a very powerful telescope. Like, yeah. if you think about the Hubble or whatever, like, that's a really powerful one. Yeah. But they're like, we got to put it at the South Pole because that's closer. Yeah. Like, if it's so. really powerful, don't you just slightly adjust the lens and it goes a billion right. miles? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. We, we're going to yeah. have to put this one in the South Pole. And I mean, when you're talking, when, when you're talking about in astrological terms... This planet ain't that far. Yeah. The asteroid belt, it's closer than Jupiter. Right. You know, probably even closer than the sun. Oh. This telescope is claimed by NASA to be a radio telescope, which cannot take pictures. But the theory ignores this to go on. Nirabu cannot be currently seen because it is behind the sun. So if it rotates, we're rotating at the exact same angle right. to where it's like it's always being blocked by the sun. Always being blocked by the sun. Always being blocked by the sun. But then randomly later it's on this year, it's going to emerge and then just bam. It's going to slingshot out and just hit us. Right. Like it's hiding. It's calculating. So right. it's hiding behind the sun and calculating the point where it's going to take out Earth. That's like, a very intelligent, massive planet. Yeah. Like a, like the Death Star. That's oh. what I see as yeah. I mean, It's the Japanese Death Star, Buck? Is that what you're saying? Sure. We recently, we recently experienced a partial... Uh, solar eclipse. I, I saw that. Yeah. And I think we experience lunar eclipses on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, comparatively. I don't know. They happen like every couple of years or something like that. Right. How come we don't ever see this in Yerebu? It's always just hiding behind the sun? It's very clever. I mean, we go around the sun unless it's like hiding in like, you know, up or down or something like that. But even then, wouldn't we see it occasionally? I, I figure at least once a year. Yeah. You know, much much like a, a clock once a, broken, a year, a, a, once a day, much, much like, like that. Much like a broken clock is right twice out of the day. Yeah. Nirabu should show its head at least, you know, once every six months. Yeah. Again, it unless it's it. just hiding, you know, and just like rotating perfectly with Earth, and then all of a sudden it decides to come out and bam, take his head. You, you know why we can't see it? All the damn chemtrails. 
Oh, hmm. are, are those getting in the way? Chemtrails. That's what. What are you, Prince? One leads into the other. You see uh, that? Yeah. I was for a minute. Was it a Prince was on Tavis Smiley, and uh, yeah. it was just like a normal like, hey, you know, keep the faith, everybody. And Prince is on the show, and Prince is like, Tavis, <laughs> do you know about the chemtrails? And then Tavis is like, oh shit. And Prince is like, over the ghetto right now, they have chemtrails that are changing everybody's mind. It's something everybody should really talk about. I noticed it when I was a child. When yeah. I was a child. Larry Graham, my bass player who played inside in the family Sloan, Stone, told me about this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. We oh, got no. any more conspiracy theories in yeah, there? Yeah, we got a couple uh, more. So, so far. John. But at least this one can take us out. Because the Ararat anomaly, I don't think, I mean, even if it's the Ark, doesn't really change too much, right? No. No. Yeah. Would it change your faith? If they found something that, like, related to a Christianity level? No, nah, I don't think it would change anyone's faith, honestly. I, I mean, you know, like, that was what I thought was the big major flaw of, uh, what was it, that Dan Brown novel, The Da Vinci Code? Mm-hmm. Right. They're like, oh, this is going to blow Christianity wide open. It's like, nah, people, you know, people have beliefs, and then they look for evidence to back them up. Right. So if you inject some new piece of evidence, it's either going to solidify their beliefs, or, you know, yeah. it's not going to change too many people. It might change a few people's. <clears throat> Because people change their beliefs all the time. You know, there's that big story recently of that atheist who became a Catholic oh. or whatever. But, you know, people change their beliefs all the time. It's not a news story, you know? Right. Well, I, I think he just wanted the benefits. Yeah. I think it was like a health thing. When you're a Catholic priest, you get really good health benefits. And but they weren't even Catholic priests. It was just like, oh, I was an atheist. Now I'm going to be a devout Catholic. Man, if you're going to go, if you're just going to choose religions in general, I wouldn't, as an atheist, I wouldn't just dive right into Catholicism. I'd get into some weird pagan shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and anything that, that involved, uh, you know, plural marriage or uh, pl- well, plural yeah. girlfriends. Yeah. You know? Just the outskirts. Anything. I get into weird shit, yeah. yeah. Okay. It this, involved me getting off often. This is, this is the next one. <laughs> the Disclosure Project. Stephen mm. Greer is the central focus of this one, whoever the hell he is. Mm. I've heard him. Okay, good. The theories inc- are related to Rosie Greer. Oh, okay. Uh, the theory pa- incorporates all known extraterrestrial conspiracies, then takes them one step further. Greer claims to have been contacted by aliens with good news. Oh. Greer claims the aliens' good news to him and others oh that God. they have contacted is that they are on their way from distant planets, more than one, and that they come in peace to share scientific, medical, and cultural knowledge. That's interesting because most of the times when you hear aliens bearing news, it's usually negative. It's gloomy yeah. doomy. Yeah, usually yeah, see, the, yeah. The, aliens, the, the aliens work on two ways. Either, either they come here and they're like, we will annihilate you yeah, it's, and just fuck you. Or they come in, they go, that's what's going to happen. You're really fucking up the planet. Like as intelligent beings, you know, we, we think that you guys should be better to each other. They come with some kind of right. message of like, you guys are fucked up, you know, yeah. like, it's kind of it's Mars attacks or cone heads. Most importantly, <laughs> or yeah, most importantly than a specific, I guess more importantly than a specific aspect of their and our planet histories is identical the world's over. That a certain member of each planet's most intelligent species was unjustly killed for its own purposes of removing sins from all other members of that species. So, so is essentially, this a, a Jesus alien? Yeah, this is essentially like a, like an intergalactic. <laughs> I guess you could call it that. Jezalian, an intergalactic Christianity Whoa, is basically wow. what they're saying. That's some next level shit. See, yeah. that's weird too because that's kind of like Scientology, no? Because Scientology, it's weird. My my work is but right by Z- the big Scientology. I didn't think always Zanu crossed, died for our sins. I thought Zanu was kind of like a Hitler-esque, where he I don't just think dumped so a either. bunch of souls into a volcano. Right, but they always use the cross. 
Like they have the cross as like a major symbol on their building. It says Scientology, and there's a huge. But that's cross just right smart there. because uh, when it's you just look good at, branding, it's actually really <laughs> that's good, good marketing. Because when yeah. you look at when you look at whenever a major religion is taken over, they always come in and they look what whatever was popular, whether it was pagan holidays or previous religion, then they just lay their holidays over those same holidays. Yeah, much basically, like, uh, lots of the Christian ideas and all this stuff comes from older like uh, Egyptian. Stuff yeah. like uh, 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 Egyptian folklore or whatever was taken by Christianity. And they, and they put a little twist on it. Yeah, and, and, they know. Mean, and if you look at it, they sort of follow the seasons. You know, Easter follow is you know very ne- near to the equinox. Right. Uh, Christmas is right by the, sol- the the winter solstice. Exactly. But I figure intergalactic yeah. aliens they have a whole different perspective on this because if all all of our holidays and stuff revolve around the you sun. know the sun and lunar things, if you are f- from you know the milk you know the outskirts of the Milky Way, like the bad neighborhoods in the Milky Way, or well, we haven't synced up our clocks yet. Tom. You know what? Yeah, so. it's because we don't revolve around sun. We revolve around Nibiru. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Nibiru. N- n- oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah yeah whatever that planet's name is. Now, the, so the hiding time. planet. The, I was the going shameful, to... bashful planet. <laughs> I gotta say, you have like five conspiracy theories here. We're three down. None of them involve Nazis yet. I'm a little bummed out about that, because I know, John, you always like good Nazi shit. Well, not I mean, Nazis always come into conspiracy theories. They're always coming in. No matter what, at you some know? point, if you talk for two hours about some conspiracy, at a certain point, and then the Nazis come yeah, in. Yeah, Nazis coming from the moon, Are Nazi you, science, I was gonna say, all this stuff. Do it's, Nazis live on Nibiru? Uh, they, if they do, they didn't mention it. You know they were they were hiding from the uh, Nuremberg trials. Yeah. It sounds like a good Ed Wood. Movie. It's always Nazis on the moon. Which, by <laughs> the way, I, that I think Iron Sky. It's either out or coming out this summer. Looks awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you, oh, you someone sent me told the, me about uh, that. Yeah. 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 That sounds really crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So three theories in nothing. I mean, I don't know if Nazis are on the Ark. I don't know if they're on Nibiru. I don't know if Nazis <laughs> are con- are preventing these aliens from contacting us and making our lives much more wonderful. But they haven't made an appearance yet. The Nazis. So, John, what else you got? What are we uh, the next one is the President's Book of Secrets. Oh, I like this. The President's Book of Secrets. This theory was used in the film National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets oh. and claims that the presidents of the United States have passed down a book from Washington to Obama in which some or all have added facts and histories. Uh, yeah. Have added facts and histories earth shattering in scope and implications. And that this book location is only known to. As I turn the page. Dun, dun, dun. The president and the National Librarian of Congress. I like that. The, the, I like that the, the, the National Librarian of Congress, who's probably just some guy getting a good government paycheck. Yeah. He's making fifty-five grand a year. You know, he's enjoying himself, and he's you know, he, he he's he's kind of a um, yeah, he's kind of a Poindexter type, and he, he knows all the secrets, but he also he has very smart glasses. Yeah, and uh, you know. Buys his clothes at Costco, but he knows all the secrets of the world. Right. The book is rumored to contain the truth about alien landings at Roswell, New Mexico, and Ritus, and Rendles, Rendlesham Air, Air Base, UK, and many other UFO events. The truth about the JFK and RFK assassinations. The location of the Holy Grail, tying oh. in with the Fort Knox conspiracy theory. I've never even heard of the Fort Knox conspiracy theory. I guess theory. maybe they're saying that the There's Holy no Grail... There's no gold in there. I've heard that. Oh, wait, is that the one where it's like it's already been heisted? Yep. I might believe that, actually. <laughs> it was actually it was Henry Hill did it right after the, the, the yeah. left Hansa job. The fates of various high-ranking Nazis following World War II. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and the facts concerning the U.S. government's assistance of them. Even the identity of the Antichrist. Probably just Marilyn Manson. Oh, yeah, m- most likely. Yeah. He's like, yeah, hey, I'm here. 
What if it turns out the identity of the Antichrist is Marilyn Manson? Everyone's like, oh, no big shock there. It's Why like, do you have to keep that in the presidential book of secrets? It's like Wayne well, Brady. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, Wayne Brady, then like Dave Chappelle would have hit on it. Or um, Bloodhound Gang once said that it was Emmanuel Lewis. Yeah. Emmanuel See, Lewis. Thing. Who would be the most shocking Antichrist? You know, because like if it's like a Charles Manson or a Marilyn Manson type, I don't think that's that shocking. No. And if it goes the other way, it's almost not that shocking either. If it's like a Wayne Brady or, you know, someone else big and famous... You know, I would think the most shocking identity would be if it's like, oh, it's like, it's Ted over in Canoga Park. Right. <laughs> Just some Canoga random Park. dude you've never heard of. You know, <laughs> some very totally average dude. You'd expect it to be somebody, you know, somebody super powerful, you know. <laughs> like they'd have well you on known. the news the next day. Yeah. Did you know Ted was the answer? I had no idea. I've lived yeah, like, next to him for years. Like if very it's quiet, on, kept yes. to himself. Yeah, I didn't if know he was the Antichrist, Antichrist is revealed to be like the President of the United States. You know, or the Prime Minister of the UK, or no Tom surprise. Cruise, or Charles Manson. None of these would be that surprising, because no they're sure. all kind of powerful. Yeah. But if it's just some random dude you've never heard of, like Ted in Canoga Park, or Barry in Omaha. Well, it whatever. could be, actually, it <laughs> could know. be... Um, we have an interview with his manager at Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the most shocking to me. Yeah. He uh, just kind of kept to himself. He always showed up to work on time. I yeah. mean, uh, I mean uh, a couple times he asked for a managerial discount, which was wasn't quite right. Yeah, one, right. one word, punctual. Okay, fine. And, you know, okay. <laughs> the other thing is, like, maybe it's if it's some dude on a deserted island somewhere, that I also get, because he's staying away from society till the time is right, and then he's going to swoop in and convert everyone to evil or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, I get all be, that. It could be, you know, because where I live here in Lakewood is a wildly normal place in LA County. Yeah. Like LA County is a real it's there's there's everything. You know, you have the wildly rich, you have the wildly poor yeah. neighborhoods, you have everything. But Lakewood's kinda like you go to Lakewood and it's kind of like a non entity. It's like yeah. there's like no, there's nothing happening. So it could be my neighbor Orlando. Yeah, okay. Because mm. a, a while back on the show we did a show called B Todd's Neighbor. And mm. I was saying the house next door is for sale and Orlando's moved in and I'm a little bummed out because he's a Denver Bronco fan. Oh. And but Orlando, the, sign of the Antichrist. That could be it. He's a Denver Bronco fan. Tim, I, Tim Tebow. To me, yes. I, I, I yeah. you know, definitely. Tim oh, Tebow wouldn't be that shocking. Mm. Well, Tim Tebow's yeah. a Jet now. Yeah. Peyton Manning. I keep up with football. Yes. Elvis yeah. Dumerville. <laughs> but Von Miller. But what happens is, Orlando next door. This is a very interesting thing because if if you look at my neighborhood, you know, I live in this very normal middle class neighborhood, but my neighbor Orlando has a Hummer. Mm-hmm. And he has a huge black Batmobile, like a uh, you know Christian Bale Batman, not Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, the good Batman, or, mm-hmm. or Adam West. Um, he has a large uh, Hummer outside of his car, and I always wonder why the world do you live in Lakewood but have a Hummer? Why do you have a seventy-five cent car in a thirty-five cent neighborhood? Yeah. Maybe that's what's important to him. Well, could be the Antichrist, though. I'm saying the Antichrist probably drives a Hummer. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, okay. What was the? There was a great line in um, Deconstructing Harry, the Woody Allen movie, where Woody Allen goes to hell and Billy Crystal's the devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he's in the de- the devil's office or whatever, and uh, uh, you know, and, and Woody Allen turns to the devil and says, uh, "You know, I I I I don't understand here. Why 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 do you have air conditioning? This is supposed to be hell." And uh, Billy Crystal, as the devil goes. It fucks up the ozone layer. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Assuming there is a book, and assuming it identifies the Antichrist, we are led to wonder if he and the president are on the same side, are one and the same, or whether the president fears the Earth's immediate future. 
Who knows? Even more insidious in terms of realism is the claim that the book told of attacks of September 11, 2001, even before they took place, and also tells of the eminent coup d'etat of Russia, followed by a Russo-North Korean invasion of South Korea initiating World War III. Oh, wow. So we got to worry about that. Here's the only problem with anything that predicts anything. Like, you know, those people, it's like, I predicted the last five earthquakes. Well, you know, if you predicted a major earthquake every day, you're going to predict all the earthquakes. Just like, right. you know, if you go, you know, get a lottery, you know, like a, a, one of those tickets to, like, select your own numbers, the winning numbers are on that ticket. You just got to separate the winning numbers from the fake ones. Right. And that's hard to do. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, if you're predicting, like, a disaster every day, you know, and then one happens, you know. You're like crying I, wolf. Yeah, basically, wolf. If, if you predict a, a major earthquake every single day. There will be a major earthquake tomorrow. When... When there's actually a major earthquake, you'll have predicted it. But what about all those other predictions that you got wrong? Right. It's like if Babe Ruth called his shot every time he went up to bat. Yeah, eventually yeah. he's going to call one. The funny thing is there's actually a fish in Northridge that whenever there's going to be an earthquake, it starts swimming on its side. Now, this is a goldfish, so it's probably deceased at this point. Where did you hear about this? Uh, oh, the Channel 4 News. <laughs> there's a fish in Northridge that floats on its side. But yeah. again, with that, how many? How often does it swim on its side and then there's not an earthquake? I don't know. I don't know if Colleen Williams got into that, but yeah. it was, uh, See, that's it was the a problem. It was a big deal. Now, the interesting thing is one Selective of the... Selective bias. Basically. Ooh, I like that. One, one of the interesting things is, is um, one of the reasons why I've always wanted to be president of the United States um, would be in order to see that book or you know there's got to be even if the, the the book of secrets isn't true which if it's in this article probably is true but there is some point when you become president of the united states and you sit down in that chair and then somebody maybe the guy who runs the library of congress or whatever yeah, comes Conan in a librarian or whatever yeah he comes in and he goes um uh mr obama he's like yeah and then they go uh there's some shit we need to tell you. Because all the time when the, the presidents, they run on certain things, especially like mm-hmm. military foreign policy shit, that once they get into office, they all follow the same thing. It's like Bush's foreign policy and Obama's foreign policy when it comes to you know terrorism and things like that. Same stuff. K- kind of similar, right? And so you, th- that you think that once they get in there, some guy, I don't know, it's, it's the Library of Congress guy or the guy who runs Shell Oil, <laughs> comes in and goes, here's the deal, here's what you need to do. And then they all stick with the same plan well here's the thing when you look at it it's like who wins the presidency it's it's always a democrat or republican we don't really have like a powerful third party um the only ones that ever did you know like a ross perot he was nuts you know i mean he might have actually had a chance to win had he not dropped out of the election then came back in right you know and it's always it's it's always the guy who looks more presidential it's usually the more attractive candidate that's you know that's what i've said in the end it's kind of like when people vote for president, in the end, it's kind of like they're choosing the next James Bond. It kind of is. Because they kind of look kinda at doesn't people matter. and go, that guy kind of looks like the president. You yeah. know? No, I, I agree with you that, that there is probably a certain... I mean, Reagan probably... And Reagan, well, first of all, I'd that being say he was said, definitely yeah. who more... Was, who was the hottest? He was definitely more attractive. <laughs> who was the hottest? He was right? definitely more attractive than the guy. Reagan was, was hot. Reagan was but pretty hot. He was also... He also looked presidential. Oh. Now, I don't you know? know if... It's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day, that I don't know whether it's because... I was born in 1977, and the first I heard mm. of a president was my first day of kindergarten, where they said it's the year 1981. Right. I think it was 1981, 82. Whatever. 81. I don't know. And it was like, it's 1982. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? That's yeah. a lot of numbers together, and I noticed half of them. It's 1992. 
1982, the president is Ronald Reagan, and you live in America. It was kind of yeah. like this thing, like, oh, well, what the fuck is it? Ronald Reagan, who the, what, what is great sounding name? It's alliteration. It's good. And then I was wondering, but whenever in my head I picture the president of the United States, it's Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And I don't know whether it was because he was a master of no. communicating the image of the president, which him and, like, you know, oh, he him, was and the like, best. Is there- him and, like, Roosevelt were pretty much perfect in communicating the image of the yeah, presidency. Yeah, Roosevelt did a good job at the time, and I think didn't didn't Reagan even do some campaigning for Roosevelt? Yeah, well, because Reagan was a Democrat originally. Yeah, and then uh, he then he, he became a but Republican. Reagan knew how later. to play. I mean, the the presidents that have played the media the best probably Roosevelt originally, then JFK, and yeah. he played the new media perfectly. Yeah, JFK. Well, was, that was the big deal. But that was the big deal. If you watch the debates Nixon, on television, yeah. Kennedy won. If you listen to the debates on the radio, Nixon won. Yeah, and 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 Kennedy wore makeup on television. Yeah. Whereas Nixon was like, oh, I'm not wearing any makeup. That's for bitches. Well, being- see, that's that's what like when I. I see like things where people are like, oh, you know, Photoshop and makeup or, you know, destroying girls' images of, you know, how they should be. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. You know, part of the thing with Photoshop is we're taking a very unnatural thing in a picture and trying to make it look more natural. Right. So, you know, when you make, when you wear makeup on TV, it makes you look more natural as opposed to just like a hideous Bond villain or something like uh, that. A buddy of mine asked me to wear a w- uh, makeup at my wedding. My buddy Al Chang. You remember uh, Al what? Chang? Al Chang. Um, Al Chang who wore the... Uh, the male Spanx. He, he wore Spanx at his wedding. Yeah, Al Chang, who wore the male Spanx. Starting oh, off, okay, let's start off with that. So when, when we're in uh, getting ready for our photos for our wedding, uh, yes. Al, Al Chang goes, you know, Todd, um, Do you maybe want- one of my uh, Al Chang was one of my best men, you know, and Buck was a part of that party. Yeah, and uh, he goes, maybe. Uh, you know, I wore a little bit of makeup on my wedding day, and I was like, oh, that's a little weird, and uh, and he was like, the thing is, this is the most photographed day of your life. Just a little bit of makeup, just like something to kind of take the glare take off the your sheen face. Off. Take the sheen off you. You're really going to enjoy your pictures. And I was like, "No, hold on." Know, was he telling me to, for your face or for see for my head? For the head. Well, there you, was you no photographer tall enough to get. <laughs> he may have actually had a point because you're probably right. You're probably going to be photographed more on that day than any other day yeah. of your life. You know, unless you're like a fashion model or hopefully, a photo yeah, model hopefully, or something yeah, like exactly. That, you know? um, but yeah, just generally, I would imagine there's going to be more pictures taken of you that day than pretty much any other for there the are, most there, part. There are, there are about 2,000 photos of me, and I wow. can't look at any of them because I'm so tired of looking at my fucking ass. It's like doing lots of podcasts, eventually you get tired of right. hearing your own fucking voice. Uh, yeah. Uh, Visit us at HTTP backslash backslash colon www.faroutpodcast.com See videos, pictures, read about the cast, join Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and share your show comments. That's faroutpodcast.com Grand Grimoire. I don't even know what this is. The one... This one is based on the fact that the SoCal called Grand Grimoire exists, and it does. It is a book also called The Red Dragon and the Gospel of Satan. Ooh, all right. Sounds awesome. The book is real because the Roman Catholic Church officially claims ownership of it, but has never let the public glimpse it. The earliest known proof of it comes from the writings of Honorius, Honorius of Thebes. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. But I think whatever. he was a pope. Oh, okay. Which is which is interesting that of course one of the an- the, the man this, the architect of the Satanic Bible is a is a pope, which yeah. is very Dan Brown. Yeah, yeah. Whose ex- yeah whose existence has not been undeniably proven. He may have been Pope Ornerius Ornir- Ornir- III. 
Uh, the theory claims that Ornerius was either Satan himself or possessed by Satan for the purpose of writing the book. It contains instructions on summoning Satan at any time, at any place on Earth, for various insidious invent- intentions. I, li- I like to be able to do that. It's kind of like the scene in Annie Hall where uh, Woody Allen summons Marshall McLuhan. Yeah. And he's, he's like, uh, some guy's talking about Marshall McLuhan in line for yeah. a movie, and then Woody Allen summons Marshall McLuhan. And yeah. he's like, you've got all my theories wrong, and he proves all of Woody yeah. Allen's points. I'd like to be able to summon Marshall McLuhan, uh, Satan, Yeah. And uh, Betty Crocker at, at, at any point, just for, you know, cooking tips. Oh, nice. Some interesting nice. ones. Yeah. The word grimoire denotes a textbook of magic. Any, any kind of magic, whether good or bad. Theorists claim the Grand Grimoire is itself supernatural and that it permanently resists burning, cannot be cut, pierced, penetrated, torn, or in any other way damaged or destroyed. So wow. this would be interesting if, if some way, like I went to the Vatican once when I was in Rome. Yeah. And the, 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 the thing that I took away from the Vatican was... There have been a shitload of popes. Yeah. Like, you see popes' graves. You see, you see where they've been. And, like, as, a, as an American, I look and I, I see the list of presidents. Well, we've got, like, 44 now. Or yeah. 43. Someone will call me on it. Uh, presidents. And I can probably name everybody if you gave me a little while and a pencil. Mm-hmm. I could probably name every president. Yeah. But for popes, like, the popes have been around since, like, the year, like, I don't know. 200 and shit yeah. and so like there, there are not, not the year 200 I'm wrong about that but there, there are so many popes and they all have badass names like Boniface well it's because they all apparently like those aren't their given names generally yeah, they take Boniface the, and Innocent they take pope names they take pope names yeah yeah it's like when uh, Asian people or of the Asian persuasion have their Asian name and then they have their American name yeah my, my, my been, old friend was Chung Wu but there's he, he was, there's, when is William there with, you go. When you're dealing with like you know a couple thousand year history or something like that, there's got to be times where it's like you know you hit some you know yeah there's going to be those popes that were pope for like thirty or forty years, right. but there had to have been that thing where it's like five years you had like seven different popes. Yeah, yeah, they, they all know, got you, the plague. You know, or, you had the William Henry Harrison of pope. It's like died thirty <laughs> days. Like, oh, let's get another pope in here. You James know? Garfield of popes. Yeah, exactly. So there has to be a stretch where it's just like you know a couple of years and it's like wow we had ten popes. In this five-year span. Right. And then, like, this pope lasted for 50 years, you know? <laughs> like, All we have is Gerald Ford. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. When presidents, it's like, yeah, you got Ford, you got William Henry Harrison, you got a few other presidents that didn't last so long. You know? Right. And sometimes even those guys were memorable. So they have this satanic Bible, yeah. and you can summon Satan at any point. And right. it's the only way. It has the way to, to summon Satan. So the Catholic Church has it. I figure this. If Satan was the dubious motherfucker that... Is claimed to be, he'd be able to abscond this piece of literature and bring it somewhere else. You know, maybe he doesn't want to be summoned yet. Maybe he doesn't. But 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 then no, the Catholic Church can't have it both ways because in <laughs> in certain ways they're saying Satan is everywhere. Satan is ruling your shit. Satan is Satan is not. Uh, you know, Satan is the man behind the reason why you can't get a uh, beef soft taco at Green Burrito. Right. Like, Satan is everywhere, but the only way to summon him is in this book, which nobody's getting. Well, so, they, they, they can't have both. See, here's the other thing, Todd. I think it might actually serve the uh, Satan principle a little bit more to keep this book under wraps. Because uh, it wasn't it was Arthur C. Clarke, I believe, who said that any technology sufficiently, exant- sufficiently uh, advanced is indisputable, like, is indistinguishable from magic. Okay. You know, like, think about, you know, like, teleporter shit from Star Trek. Right. You know, if you actually saw someone, like, teleport in, you'd be like, whoa, that's magic. 
Right. right. Yeah, yeah. But if you actually understood the technology, like in Star Trek, you're just like, oh, it's just science. Right. You know, so like the idea, the difference between like science fiction and fantasy a lot of times is that, you know, in science fiction, they just come up with some vaguely plausible scientific explanation and just like, oh, okay. They figured it out. Right. But if you could actually teleport, that shit would look like magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, you know, and think about the things now that we accept as like science, like, you know, automatic doors. You just be like, whoa, I want to freak some fucker out, you know. 200 years ago. It could freak somebody out now if you've just been like, oh, that's magic. That Even though that door knows when you're approaching. Imagine Even it, on Star Trek, they didn't have automatic doors. Right. They had people fucking pulling that shit. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. I, I always, you know, it's one of these things where you uh, doubt reality will be that moment when you go to walk through an automatic door like at the... Uh, you know, your local Ralph's, and then you just walk into the door. Yeah. You know? I, I always have a little bit of apprehension. Maybe it's my personal distrust of technology. And when I walk through doors, like, this, is this really going to open? It's going to open well, every time? Well, you'll usually, usually with the automatic doors, I don't know how, I usually, you usually see it open. Okay. <laughs> I do, at least. I don't know about you. So it's one of those things I'm not terribly worried about that. Todd leaps before he looks. We're going to w- wind up this story, which I, I've talked yeah. about about my father before. And uh, my father once told me in a, in a drunken moment, my dad, my dad, my dad buzzed, says some crazy shit. And uh, my, my dad told me once that he was in a plane crash in China. Yeah. And the plane went down and he, and he tells me, and my dad has a West Virginian accent. I can't quite get it right, but he sounds like Don Knotts when he talks. And uh, he told me that, Todd, kerosene burns clear. Hmm. And that's what planes and shit that they, they the, the the fuel burns clear you ever see the back of a plane it's like this weird clear kind of chemtrail looking chemtrail. thing yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know buck yeah and my dad said if you're ever in a plane crash wait for a couple people to exit the plane before you and if they don't immediately go up in flames it's it's clear to, it's good to proceed because you won't see the fire if it's actually happening right yeah wow i'd like to thank everybody for listening to the far out podcast and the longest show we've ever done john Sowen, thank you for coming by the show you're welcome Buck Perez, always a pleasure. Thank you. And I like to say, ak baka, baka chaka. Birds are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither while they pass. They slip away across the universe. Pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my open mind, possessing Before